Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you again, Jeff. We have so, so, so many listener questions to get to. You guys have really uh, listened to our calls to action and are, like, submitting all these great questions and I'm so excited to be able to have a show where we get to help people and answer these questions and talk about right, this. Right. It feels like love line. I totally. Does it not? I love it. I'm like, just call me. Well, not call me. <laughs> Nobody calls me. Don't call me on the phone. Uh you know, slide into my DMs. Let me let us talk about your questions. Like yeah, unsolicited yeah. advice, but sort of solicited. Oh, it's it, my favorite. It's oh. so good. I actually I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast. I I started listening to Loveline. So I grew up in Los Angeles where Loveline was born on mm-hmm. K-Rock, the radio station there. Uh, K-Rock also told me what music to like. And that was just how I liked. Like, there was no other music that I liked except for the music that K-Rock and MTV told me to like. But at 10 p.m. every night when I was in fourth grade i would sneak a little radio into my bedroom try to stay up and then listen to loveline and that was the way i learned about sex and masturbation and relationships and addiction i'm not sure that was like the best way for a uh, fourth grader to learn about all that stuff uh but that's what i and, and it was this was before adam carolla was on the show Yeah. So before Adam Carolla, it was Ricky Rackman, who Ricky Rackman was a DJ on K Rock, but Ricky Rackman was also. There's never been a more DJ name ever. Yeah. Ricky Rackman was also. That's his his, legal name. I, the I, I, I don't know, ID but I, I hope it is. He was Ricky also Rackman, the VJ for 120 Minutes on MTV. Do you remember that like <gasps> rock, hard rock video show on MTV? He was like had tattoos all over the place. He was oh, really yeah. fucking punk rock. And then Adam Carolla came in and just sort of scooted him out. Um, oh. Yeah, there's something weird that some something went down there that I still don't know anything about. Mm. But I learned life. everything I know about relationships there. Yes. Yeah. I wonder. Cause I was. I felt the same about Loveline, but I was the the Adam Carolla, Doctor Drew era, and uh, I wonder if we were drawn to that because of our personalities, or that we became people who like to give advice and like right as our profession because we listened to that so much. Which came first? Who knows? I don't know. It was. It was I was thinking about it earlier, being like, "Oh, me loving Loveline is so on brand for me." But maybe it created my brand. Right. right? Like, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. K- yeah. I mean, we were like K Rock. They were telling me like that the there's it was like Vans Warped Tour, <laughs> K Rock Weenie Roast, <sighs> and like those are the things that told me how to be cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. It was like yeah. skateboard, but I didn't skateboard then. I didn't do anything <laughs> cool then. Now I do way cooler shit. I should totally be wearing a Thrasher sweatshirt right you now. You really should be. <sighs> good times, good times. So I love that we get to kind of like recreate yes. our childhood dream and do like a faux love line episode. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. So send us all your questions. It doesn't even matter. Like, we'll make it anonymous. Nobody will know who you are. And send like if you have ones that are like NSFW, we want those. <laughs> we do want those. Just you can find me at Therapy Jeff on Instagram. You can find Sarah at I'm Sarah Rice on Instagram. Slide yes. into our DMs. We will yes. find them and we collect them for these episodes. So, what question do you want to start out with first, Sarah? Uh, okay. I like this one. This one feels very relatable. V relatable as the kids are saying. (laughs) Do the kids still say that? I don't even know. Um, I'm still listening to Loveline. What do I know? Okay. Uh, Hey, Sarah, thank you and Jeff for your amazing podcast. I've been able to start working on myself. Thanks to y'all. You're welcome. Uh, I was wondering whether, uh, you can do an episode on texting and the anxiety it comes with. When someone texts back quickly one day and slow the other day, my anxious brain spirals and I come up with weird theories uh, of when to text them in order to match their availability during the week and make sure that they can answer. Uh, And if they still don't, I feel terrible, even though I know 99% of this is in my head. Do you feel that pain? Do you experience the same thing? So much. Yeah. Yeah. So much. I like, I I first of all want to give our listener credit for 
the last bit of that where she says, I know this is in my head. If we can start there with the awareness that we just are, we're all, we get it. We get that this is cuckoo crazy brain just saying. <laughs> and it comes from a place of, of fear mm-hmm. and wanting safety. Our brain wants to protect us from any feelings of rejection. So it's going to come up with a hope in a way your brain's like over-functioning. It's doing mm-hmm. its job too well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you sure. so much, Brain. But chill. Yeah, chill the fuck out. Uh, it, and this is and this is like a very normal part, or it can be a normal part of early on when you're like starting to get somebody because there's so get to know somebody because there's so much uncertainty, and so when there's uncertainty, our brain fills all these narratives with sometimes what our like worst fears are. Uh, so I don't want you. So first of all, like you shouldn't feel crazy. You shouldn't feel like there's something wrong with you. This is very typical and common. It happens to the best of us, even Sarah and Jeff. So. Yes you know that it's 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 okay but um one thing i don't know tell me what you think about this sarah um would have you ever told somebody early on that you can get text anxiety and you'd really appreciate it if they just fucking texted you back right away like have you just asked for that jeff i hate to break (laughs) it to you but i am the bad texter in this You're th- scenario. That's right. That's right. You I am the, the one texter. who, I on my Hinge profile, <sighs> said uh, under pros and cons that you know they could do like a pros and cons right. question or whatever that is Hinge or Bumble. It said, I said, pro, I will give a, I, my one hundred percent of my attention is in the moment. You will feel like I am there and present whenever. Like I'm very present. Con. I ain't ever returning your text messages. (laughs) I set them up for disappointment. Like I will, I am the worst texter. I will, I will not intentionally ignore it, but I, I, you know how many texts I've written and and then I get anxious about that. Don't press send. And then like leave the person on the line. Like this is an actual problem. This is an actual problem. So you're, you're the problem. That's the fucking problem. Listen, listener. I, I, I am the, we, I apologize on behalf of all bad texters. That's why we, uh, and notice what's happening right now. I am the one feeling bad and ashamed and worried about my bad texting, which should help you in thinking that like, they're probably, this is, has, this is nothing to do with you. It has more to do with them. I'm mm-hmm. not sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't believe these people are so needy, always wanting me to text them back. Blah, blah, blah. No, never. Okay, that's good. It's good to know. We're talking to, like, a real live bad texter here. And yes. it has, like, real nothing life. to do with you, everything to do with Sarah. Yes, uh, 100%. Yes. And uh, the intention is, like, I don't not want to text them. Yeah, you just get overwhelmed in the moment? Like, there's just Totally. Or distracted. Yeah. Or, you know, I-, I feel like with our job, like, as a therapist, I am not picking up texts in the middle of my day that goes on. And I, at the end of the day, I, I just, I forget. So what happened? Like, how did, how do your partners respond to this when you're Terribly. a bad text? They all hate it. My, my ex-boyfriend told me that he removed me as his emergency contact because <laughs> I was not reliable enough to be uh-huh. available by phone for an emergency. And that's fair. That is fair. So if you want the opposite, then you should date me because I am texting you back immediately. I don't like when a text is hanging out there, uh, not responded to. I am never thinking about playing games. I'm always just sort of like, and I'm excited to text you back. I That's like a, texting back and forth is one of the primary ways that I connect with somebody. I think it's really fun and sweet and playful. Uh, so you might want to like, if you find somebody yes. like Sarah, who's wonderful, Sarah's so lovable and likable and sweet and beautiful and smart and funny and she has this amazing podcast but she's atrocious when it comes to texting people back if that's a deal breaker for you then that's it then don't date a sarah and go date a jeff right um but you're gonna have to like accept a few flaws and this is one of like sarah's very few imperfections she has like zero of them this is just yeah (laughs) so kind yeah so uh, so you gotta like try to figure out like, okay, so like thinking about Sarah, knowing that like, you're not going to take this personally, this is all on her. You can even express that like you feel anxiety about it. And somebody like Sarah would be like, I know you're right to feel anxious. This is yes. not your fault. Take that as reassurance, um, and do your best to, and also maybe like, don't rely on texts as much. I don't know. Is that a good 
suggestion. Yeah. yeah. I will say like, if somebody brings it to my attention, oh, that's the thing is like, I, this has been brought to my attention and I it have has, cared Sarah. and I have tried to make efforts to change <laughs> and it's not, it's so it's like, accept the behavior, but I, I do agree with you in like saying that these things cause anxiety, especially if it's in the early stages of dating. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to be, um, not careful, but maybe selective about how we use certain words. And sometimes, you know, we tend to label intense feelings as like, oh, I'm, I'm having, this is anxiety. This is like, and mm. almost make it more, mm -hmm. uh, we intensify it ourselves mm -hmm. by, by like labeling it as like a problem. It's okay to have a little nervous feelings when you're in the early stages of dating. That's called being alive, having a pulse, being a human. These are, these are okay feelings to have. So I, I think that there is this, thing that has happened that I see where some people are very aware of how they experience whatever like mm -hmm. situation and then will communicate that in a way that makes the other person go, oh no, is this something that they're struggling with all the time? Like I saw this play out in some of my brother's relationships, like where uh, there were, there were people who were very open with like you know, this causes me feelings of anxiety if I, and they, it, it gets interpreted as like, oh, they just can't handle like mm. a little bit of discomfort of like, you know, being mm -hmm. sitting with the feelings of not getting a text back. Mm -hmm. And so I think communicating more the experience that you're having, if you need to label it, if it is anxiety and you need to label it as that, by all means, I'm not telling you, you know, what to do, but communicate how that affects you, maybe the thoughts you have. Hey, when you like, I know, like, are you like busy and running around? Like, cause here's what I'm thinking. Like when you don't mm. text me, all of a sudden I get this feeling that maybe you're not into it and I don't want to be sitting here wasting my time of somebody who like wants to be texting somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's kind of given more information about the feelings and the thoughts. Yes, for sure. It's tricky too because, like, if you if you text and you sometimes get a text back, and other times you don't get a text back right away, then you feel like you have to play that game of like, well, I'm not going to text them because I'm going to wait an hour because they waited an hour. That is just like fucking toxic. That's totally. Not, yeah, that's not good. Please don't do that. Um, so if you do receive a text and you can respond to it and you have the energy and space to do it, and you're not quickly overwhelmed and you just like want to go ahead and connect. Go ahead and text that person back yeah. all the time. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, kind of like you're saying, Sarah, there's like, you can text and not get a response and start to feel anxious and you can start to spiral into like, they don't like me. Or it can just be like, this is the normal shit that happens at the beginning. You know, they're probably fucking busy. Like, who yeah. cares? Um, and maybe if you start to feel anxious, you can like pivot that anxiety into like, I feel anxious because I'm excited about them yes. because I really like them because actually like this tension is sort of hot, like whatever, you know, like yes. trying to like anxiety and excitement is sort of like the same physiological experience in your body. Right. 100%. Maybe some of you don't know this, but I was on the challenge on MTV. I did freaking mm -hmm. 10 million years on reality television, <laughs> ten, just 10, but felt like 10 million. Uh, and I had to do some crazy shit. I had to like be jumping off 50 story buildings. And what you will see is if you look in the backgrounds of a lot of those challenges, you will see me doing circles with like my hands in the air. I'm the one who's like, yes, let's do this. This is awesome. I'm so excited about skydiving. Nope. Sarah was not excited one little bit. In fact, I was so good at, at tricking myself into thinking that I was excited that the host, when he was asked in a podcast, who would you like to compete with if you had to pick a female character? He said, Sarah, because she's always excited about whatever we're doing. No, I am really good at psyching myself out and turning my fear into excitement. Because if I were to ask myself, what is the physiological experience of nervousness and at, at it's sweaty palms. It's a pit in my stomach. It's feeling like a lump in my throat, feeling like I'm going to just like crawl out of my skin. What is the feeling of excitement? Oh my God, the exact same list. So if mm -hmm. I just relabel it and trick myself, it's like, I will, mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. Little victory pose, little like, 
yeah, you do it. Let's do this. It's really me saying, oh, my God, I'm so scared to go up that really high thing. And then I won. The end. That's right. Use my tricks. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. Sarah's right. So see if you can pivot into something that feels more exciting and positive than anxiety-inducing and uncomfortable. Right. It's um, all in our head. It's all in your head. So it's all in your head. Remember that. It's the texter. It's not you. You can like speak up and get your needs met. Try to pivot from anxiety to excitement. There's a normal amount of uncertainty. Dump them if it's horrible and just find somebody who texts yeah. back all the time. Lots of great. Look at those. That's solid. Bam, bam, bam. Thank you for summarizing. Yes. Uh-huh. No problem. Check. Okay, Sarah, what else? What's the next question we should hmm. tackle here? Oh, I like this one. What do you think about this? Hey, Sarah and Jeff, I absolutely love your show. Please consider this next question for your Q&A. I suppose I don't have to read those parts, but it's fun anyway. (laughs) Uh, My boyfriend of eight years broke up with me recently and insists that we have to be friends. We have two children together. And while I can be a friendly co-parent, I don't see myself being friends with him so soon after the breakup. What gives? What gives, huh? Yeah. What do you think the what gives? Mean? I know like what, that was that that I had to throw that in there too because I felt almost like a what should I do in this relate in this situation? It sounds like, but what gives sounds like what's the matter with him? Why is he not feeling the same way I do? Huh? What do you think yeah. about that? Huh. We're, that's we're such therapists, right? Now. We're like, <laughs> it's not about the content; it's about what's underneath it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The what gives is what threw me off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is, are they like blaming themselves? Do they want to be a different way or do they want their partner to be a different way? I have no idea. Um, so, okay. So let's go over this again. Yes. Boyfriend of eight years broke up with me recently, insists that we have to be friends. Okay. There's, so there's that part, but also they have two children together. Um, And while they can be like a friendly co-parent, they don't seem... Okay, so... (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, what's the minimum here? Is the minimum, like, they should be a co-parent, right? Yeah, and what does he mean by friends? Like, because friends is, like, friendly. If you're saying, do you want to be friendly when you hang out? That is fine. Is it friends, like, we're going to go meet up and go to the movies? No. Right, no, yeah. Um, I guess great nice that like they want to be friends with you but it's up to you to figure out like what you feel comfortable with in this relationship you shouldn't feel forced to be friends or whatever their definition of friends is you don't want to do that yet maybe you have to get some time apart or do some grieving or Mm -hmm. just like have time pass whatever so like we want you to do whatever you need to do in order to like go on your healing journey so that eventually you can be like do i want to be friends with this person i don't know and if you but if you do what does that friendship look like uh you do you're going to be forced to be in contact with them for the rest of your lives so and you probably want it to be like somewhat positive or at least neutral but you don't have to be friends with them just because they want to be friends right yeah and i i think defining our terms here and asking some questions is really going to be helpful you know if it 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 i'm my spidey senses are just telling me that maybe this is a, I, Hey, he's saying, I just want to be friends because there's that, that body language tension and like maybe kind of dismissive, uh, attitude that we can have with an ex when we break up with them. Mm -hmm. It's a defense mechanism. Like I'm almost pushing them away and you know, it's, it's, because of maybe we're hurt. And so we're kind of projecting a little bit, sending off a little bit of that and Mm -hmm. giving out the vibe of that hurt. And maybe your partner's just saying, I want to be friendly. Like I think asking him, what do you mean by friends? Yeah. Is a good question. And then based on that answer, like wondering, I would say like, what's the difference between a friend and somebody at being in a relationship? Mm hmm. Because if it's just like, yeah, what do we get? What are we doing here? I feel well, like it might be the vibes that it might be. The, I, it, and I want to like, he might be coming from a really good place, and then he's like, yeah. 
let's be friends for the kids. Like, let's yeah. make sure that the kids don't feel weird. Because if we're, like, angry and hating on each other or, like, arguing when we get together and do the drop-off or we're, like, talking shit about each other in front of the kids or something, that is not okay. That's really fucked up. It's going to impact the kids in a really negative yes. way. So let's make sure that we're, like, on good terms. But there's a difference between being on good terms and being friends. There's, right, there's a huge gap between that. That is the, that is what's happening here. I, I totally think that, that that's mm-hmm. what the, Yeah. Guess. So so we need more information. We want you to do whatever you need to do to be on your healing journey. We want to make sure that you are on, at least on good terms, if not now, then soon for the kids, because, like, it's going to negatively impact them. Um yeah. So there's, and you know, and, and mm-hmm. like we're saying, there's like so many different definitions of what friends is. Yeah. So you'll have to figure what that out together. Mm-hmm. By friends. And you you don't even have to answer. You could just ask him, what, what do you mean by friends? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just start that. there. What do you start mean there. by friends? Before we go on, uh, let's take a break and talk about one of our new sponsors. I'm so excited. Let's talk about nuts. <laughs> Nuts.com is one of my favorite sponsors only because the packaging is adorable and colorful. It's the only like snack item that I display on my kitchen oh counter. Oh my god, me too. I kept really? them out because I'm like, these are too cute to not have out all the time. Like, did that make you happy or what? To order from nuts.com, get your box. I mean, like the whole experience. And, oh, and delicious snacks. Uh, the most delicious snacks. They can be healthy snacks if you want to make sure that like you're feeling good and peppy and energized uh, all day long. Or they can be not so healthy snacks that are still kind of healthy. But it's the yeah. my favorite snacks. Sweet treats are the the chocolate covered gummy bears, which admittedly are not super healthy, but are so tasty. So good. And like, I love a sweet treat. And so I will sneak those and just keep them right by my nightstand. And, Mm. you know, every now and then you wake up at four o'clock in the morning with a little hankering for uh, chocolate covered gummy bears. This is a true story. I am telling you, Mm -hmm. I should probably take a picture of that on my nightstand snacks, as Eli (laughs) calls them. You have to have them. I'm sorry. And now I'm getting them from nuts.com. They're one of our sponsors. And we are so excited because we have uh, super great offers for you. So this is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, like all your pantry staples. Um, Eli's a big fan of the dried mangoes. Delicious. They have like specialty flowers. If you like almond flour, all that kind of stuff. Their wide selection means that there is something for everyone, all of you snackers. Yes. The only way that I eat mangoes is through nuts.com dried mangoes. <laughs> for some reason, I can't stand that fruit unless it's made by nuts.com. I am and like nomming yeah. down on that all afternoon long. So right now, you can go to nuts.com. They're offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com slash TCE. So go check out all the delicious options at nuts.com slash TCE. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That is nuts.com slash TCE. Yes. Support our show and like get what you're already getting, like delicious almonds and Yes. Okay. Fill up that pantry. Okay. I got, I got a question here, Sarah. It's a short one. And I think that it's one that lots of us can probably relate to. Um, should I be upset if I'm not my bi- if I'm not my boyfriend's body type? I love this oh, question. This is uh, this is triggering. Triggering. This is I don't know. I mean, it's not triggering for me. It makes me think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it causes a reaction. It causes a reaction because there's been I've been in relationships where I'm not their body type. Uh, where in, and it's because like, I have like a, more of like a slender frame mm-hmm. and, and I can be kind of like small, uh, in like, uh, in stature, I guess. So like, if I'm like with somebody who's like in a bigger body or who has like mm-hmm. a bigger frame, there's that like difference of like, mm-hmm that like society tells us is not okay or is not hot. Like the, the woman should be like the tiny one and the man should be like the bigger one. So there's been like a handful of times where I've experienced that and it's fucked with the relationship. Mm. Um, and, and tell me about how, like, if you don't mind sharing. 
it's made it so that like because of society because of like the messages that are being sent like the woman that i was with just like felt and she was like telling me like i feel uncomfortable that you're smaller like when we like lay next to each other in bed and we're naked i'm like i just like i'm looking at you and i'm looking at my body and it just doesn't feel right and because of that she was like, I'm not just like super turned on or, or attracted to like okay. your body. And it was hard to hear because like, yeah. obviously that doesn't feel good. And I want my partner to be like super turned on by me, but it was also like understandable. And I felt like I couldn't do anything about it. You know, like yeah. I, I can't really like, even if I'm like trying to bulk up, i still have like a small frame. <laughs> so like, it's just I, who I am. This, this in the way feels like, not the same as the text message thing, but like mm. if you don't like somebody who doesn't return text messages, don't get with somebody who doesn't return text messages. Or if you need somebody who texts back, if you need somebody who's like a bear, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get with that. If you need like, cause that is not the case. I'm sure in all relationships or like some, some people are really into that. Exactly. That's the thing. And so sometimes like, and I can do this too sometimes where I'm just like, I'm going to get together with somebody because they check off so many of the things that I'm looking for in relationship. However, their body isn't the typical body that I'm like usually attracted to. Mm -hmm. And then I tell myself like, well, that's not important. I'm going to evolve or I'm going to grow or I'm not going to see that as the most important thing. And it never fucking works. Mm -hmm. But I feel bad because I feel like I shouldn't be putting so much I don't know, uh, attention on that or something, or like, we're all going to grow old and have old flappy bodies anyway. So like, this is such a temporary thing. Yeah. Who gives a shit? You know? And I always ask myself, what would 80 year old you think? And 80 year old me would be like, I don't give a fuck with this guy. I don't even want to have sex anymore. I just want him (laughs) to be good at bridge. Right. Yeah, exactly. A good card player. Uh huh. That's all I care about. But you're not 80 years old yet, and you do have preferences. So this is a really difficult one to integrate or to figure out. And I don't know if I'm answering the question here. The question was, should I be upset that I'm not my boyfriend's body type? Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been upset. I get it. Like, upset, like, hurt and sad. Mad at him? I don't know. That's Uh, a good way. That's Like, we can be hurt and have feelings about them and it's it's what the partner chooses to do with that you know i wasn't a a, one of my partner's types and i knew that when he was cheating on me with people who didn't look like me and then married Mm -hmm. somebody who didn't look Mm -hmm. like me so Mm -hmm. like oh i'm not his type that's fine he was doing using that in a different way maybe then but Mm -hmm. like that uh if it is something where like you can still be somebody's like for example i'll just call him out eli is a boob guy <laughs> i'm offering very little in a department <laughs> very very little but i think he understands that he is willing to to let that one go for the package deal like the other stuff that he gets so you have to be willing like i i am aware that i am not the body type that or like the the mm-hmm. what he's like looking at on porn and stuff like that right but it hasn't, his actions have not gotten in the way of our relationship or his desires for oh, big titties has not gotten in the way of our connection and our relationship. So I feel like if that's the part to look at, look at your partner's actions, not maybe like, you know, everybody thinks certain celebrities are super hot. Like mm-hmm. we're all going to like think that's like, a, that looks good. Yeah, that's great. If the action, if your partner's actions on the daily say that they are committed to you and want to be with you, let them jerk off to some big boobs, whatever. <laughs> I think that's let a really good point. Let them look at that porn that, that has different, like people different than you, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. With this, like, so it's normal that we're going to be attracted to like different bodies that like Hollywood is telling us to be attracted to, right? And also, do you feel attracted? Like, can he also be attracted to you? So is this like binary? Like he's attracted to other bodies, which means he's not attracted to yours. Or can he be attracted to other bodies as well as being attracted to yours? Um, Right. So. Yes, totally. 
Yeah. So hopefully he can. Should you be upset? Should you be sad? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, that's a like, are, should your emotional uh, experience be about val- like it's valid? Yes, that makes sense. Um, you might need to talk to him if you're feeling insecure, if you're wanting more um, like sexy attention or if you're wanting to feel more desired, then have that conversation. Um, but and how do you that- know this? How is he pointing it out? Is he, if he's yeah. pointing it out being like, Ooh, I like look at that, look at that. I'd mm-hmm. be like, mm. then maybe like something's going up. Then yeah, there's there's a lot here. There's a lot more context that we need, obviously. But I also think yeah. this is like this is a normal yeah. thing to feel, and it's also there's it's complicated and it's mm-hmm. layered. Like I was saying, you're not responsible for your first thought or your first feeling. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for your second thought and first action. Mm-hmm. Second thought is oh, he's. Dating me, who cares? First action, let me go up and give him a little smooch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus second thought of, oh no, he must not like me, and then avoid him, and because you feel rejected, and then he senses that you feel rejected, so he, and you're kind of rejected him, so he backs off, and then you feel like you're getting like confirmation of what you don't want to see. It's a whole thing. So. <laughs> Check those thoughts. It is a whole thing. Also, if you want to, if you're attracted to a certain body and you want to get more attracted to other body shapes, um, maybe watch different porn. Yes. Oh, my God. Good idea. Right? Like, seek out yeah. different bodies that you're not typically attracted to and masturbate to that. So Fantasize good. about that. Like, start to, you know, like, objectify that kind of body or something. Uh, yes. So you can, so this guy can maybe, like, get outside his comfort zone and start yeah. getting, yeah. you know. Yeah, and if you're things. the partner who feels like, oh, I'm not attract, like, I'm not attracted to my partner in that way or other people, but you still want to find them attract, find one thing. Mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, we can all go through those phases where we're like, oh, I'm annoyed with my partner. They're gross. Not me, of course, Eli. You're beautiful and wonderful and perfect. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you get light that way. You have a little dip in the, the feelings and just find one thing that you're like, oh, yeah, I love that. I love that part of them. Yeah, it can be that part of them. It could be their... It can be their beautiful eyes and yeah. their soul. And there's you know, sometimes some of us are like... Uh, very visual, get turned on by like what we're looking at. Some of us mm-hmm. get really turned on by the emotional connection, the mental connection, uh, just the energy that you have together. I don't know. I don't yes. know. We're going all over the place. Let's think of what's the next question. Is there another question that you want to dive mm, into? Bum, Sarah? Bum. Um, let's see. There's a really long question here. Do you want to go into that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this one. This is a good one. I like reading. I like when they give me some background and like sometimes we're, scene, sometimes we're Sarah. like, we need more context. We cut, tell <laughs> us more. And now we get more. So here we go. Dear Sarah and Jeff, love your podcast. It helps me so much. However, I haven't been able to find something on this subject yet. Does love have to be passionate and with butterflies? Or can it feel, can love feel different? So here's a little about me. Uh, I'm a woman in my late 20s who just got out of a relationship of eight years and about seven, uh, she got out of this relationship of eight years about seven months ago. The relationship was very passionate in the beginning and she fell head over heels in love and she continued to love him through the entire relationship. However, whenever the relationship got more quote unquote relaxed, uh, she felt calm and secure. He would then find a way to make it passionate again often breaking up, breaking things off for a week or two, or simply cheating on me, uh, which happened twice. Through the relationship, he broke up with me three times, and he was always the one to come crawling back with apologies and promises. The second time I found out he was cheating, I made the decision to break up and leave the relationship for good. Uh, I do know that that was a big part of the problem since I battled with severe anxiety diagnosis uh, ever since we broke up. I've been feeling amazing and I take good care of my physical and mental health. My anxiety is gone and I no longer need medication. My parents keep saying that they've finally gotten their daughter back. I've been going on a couple of dates now, mostly because I find it fun. I really appreciate my newfound energy and happiness and I am productive, uh, or protective of who I let in. But I've met a guy who's and been seeing him for four months. He has a lot of good qualities and is calm, has healthy hobbies, has good relationships with friends and family. He seems happy with himself and I do not need to fill any gaps in his life. 
We love this for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have great sex, and I love to snuggle up to him and kiss him and all that. I just don't feel those famous butterflies. He isn't one to talk about feelings a lot, and he's never been in a rela and he has never been in a relationship. But he agrees to make uh, to make check-ins with me, like do check-ins, I guess, on the mm-hmm. relationship status. He also does not feel the butterflies, and we're both afraid something is missing in our relationship. We're both looking for, quote, the one and the dreams of a healthy relationship and family in the future. I see all the right things in him. Is it a red flag that he doesn't give me butterflies, or is it just the way my brain has been programmed to see love after my past relationship? I would love to feel secure in my relationship, but it feels like my brain can't relax and waits for something to happen for me to feel, quote, in love. I would love to hear you talk about what love can and should feel like thank you for your amazing podcast with grateful energy an anonymous girl <laughs> so there's uh, some background that. yeah that so is we a lot have of like a history of highs and lows in relationships kind of that like cycle of abuse where there's mm-hmm. it, things get kind of stagnant then there's a, a, an event that happens that then there's the like phase where they come back and like try to win you over again and then there's that distancing and then followed by so we kind of getting that cycle and that cycle feels like a roller coaster with ups and downs and is it's almost like a jackpot like or not jackpot like like slot machine where it like mm-hmm. sometimes pays off sure. and like you know you're like oh yeah I'm just going to keep putting my money in here cuz I'm in the hopes that it's going to be good in a little mm-hmm. bit. I think there's a little bit of that going on. And now she has a relationship where it's a little more stable and not feeling those same feelings of, of what one person calls butterflies or another person might call anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's the question, right? Is that like, are you confusing the butterflies with anxiety based on uncertainty, based on that cycle of violence that you're, you know, the trauma that you experience with the last relationship? Is that what you think butterflies are? And yeah, asking that, it's, I think that's a good question and it's incredibly difficult to answer. Mm. Um, it's hard to figure out. And sometimes you need like even more dating experience to know what the difference is between butterflies and good chemistry, you know? So, so there's that. So you might not be able to answer that question. Um, You sometimes like a way to answer it is to just sort of like check in with your gut being like, does this do these quote unquote butterflies like make me feel um, safe or unsafe? Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Love when that happens. (laughs) Safe or unsafe feelings. That's what we need to call these. Yes. And like Sarah was saying, like there was inadvertently some intermittent reinforcement in the last relationship, which makes those like the slot machine or the dopamine fact like really powerful. Uh, So I don't think I imagine you probably didn't feel super safe in the last relationship. There is cheating and betrayal and that's very dramatic and traumatic and exciting. And I, if I had to guess, I'd guess that maybe like you also experienced a childhood um, that had some of these like similar things. So maybe like you learned that love was inconsistent. Um, and now you're experiencing a relationship that you're getting consistent mm-hmm. love. And, and so it's sort of like, I think maybe I said this, last time but you have to kind of be like what's more alluring like passion and excitement or safety and stability and it seems like you're saying that safety and stability is more alluring right now but there's a part of you that's like grieving those sort of butterfly feelings that you think represent love and chemistry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah maybe like what does love mean what is it that you are looking for in the long run and there like we've said in our past relationships, there might be a little bit of grieving that goes on for those kind of feelings of intense emotion. And that's okay. Cause it's like, I don't know, it's like grieving like the, the bad boy in high school. Who's like, you know, you're not going to want to be with that guy. You don't mm-hmm. want to be, but you're going to have to like experience some of those feelings of loss of like letting go of, of that, the idea of what, I don't know, we could have because the reality of when you have those things is it's Mm -hmm. not always safe and doesn't always feel good. It's not. At the same time, or all that being said, um, 
you should feel some sort of butterfly chemistry feeling with your current person. I hope it's not just 0%. Um, Try to do things that can create some of that feeling. So like adding like novelty, adventure, um, going, traveling together, Mm -hmm. kind of like doing things that are right outside each other's comfort zones, you know, like, or imagine that you're like Sarah on the reality shows, getting yourself pumped up for skydiving, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Pump yourself up. You know, the studies that, uh, relationships that have been, uh, uh, people who have been together for over 40 years, they ask them like, what are, when are you most attracted to your partner? And Mm -hmm. it's when the, they always say when my partner is doing what they love, when they are doing the thing that they're passionate about, I feel like I love seeing them like that. So maybe witnessing your partner doing what they love to do and what they're really mm-hmm. good at can make you feel excited for that partner and and connected and attached to them, like like desire mm-hmm. them because you're like, ooh, yeah, I want a little bit of that. Yeah. That awesomeness. You know? Have you, Sarah, have you ever ended a relationship with somebody who was like a really good fit on paper, but just didn't have like the chemistry that you're looking for or the spark or. Yeah. 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 I think was that hard to end? It was not hard to end, to be perfectly oh, honest. Oh, like, like they, and looking back, it probably was because it was at a time in my life where I wanted more, I don't want to say like craziness, but I wanted more excitement. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I knew the cost that that was going to come at. I, and I was willing to like roll the dice, you know, mm-hmm. I knew it would, it would, but it felt like it felt like I wanted more and this person was able to give me a, a, like I I always, like I had a friend who once described it as like being a prism of colors. Like we have this like spectrum that we, we send out and sometimes we can find people who match one of those colors where they're like, Mm. Oh, you're red. I'm red. I see Mm -hmm. my, my light reflected in you. And it's the same. And look at that. And you can connect them in that. And that might be like the only color that they, give off. And so it feels like very, like a full relationship and checks all the boxes for them. But maybe for me, it felt like I was hiding some of these other colors or only able to Mm. be one version of myself, not a full, as full of a version of myself. So I know it would have been a very stable and consistent and happy life. It just wasn't, um, as full of like, I, didn't like meet my I don't know my I don't think yeah. I could have met my own personal potential in that relationship uh-huh and you couldn't be or access your full color spectrum yeah yeah um yeah, yeah. I've I, it's for me I've been in those relationships and it's incredibly difficult for me to end those relationships because I mm-hmm. again I start thinking that like I shouldn't even like value that like who cares if I don't have this like hot chemistry with that person like that's gonna fade over time anyways but like you're saying like it is a big part of who I am and also like chemistry which a lot of times turns into sex sex is like a primary love language for me that is like one of my favorite ways to connect that's one of my favorite ways to be in my body that's one of my favorite ways to please my partner like that is and if that isn't there then although they but she said didn't she say she has a good sex life yeah they cuddle they cuddle good yeah so i mean initially like i'm like hearing this question i'm just like oh okay like you're just like wanting the trauma and drama of the last relationship i I think that's a little bit of that i I would go with also the question of how did you witness love growing up right did you learn i don't know if you already said this maybe you did but no i if if you learned that love means highs and lows and that Mm -hmm. there was a lot of that in then you're going to feel like we must not be in love if i don't see that but Mm -hmm. i i encourage everybody to think of maybe not the relationship that you saw growing up but what is a a model of love that you'd like to follow Mm -hmm. what does that relationship look like is Mm -hmm. that relationship a safe one if that think like what would this person do in that in this situation Mm -hmm. that's a really good question (laughs) of what relationships do you uh, think are really healthy and happy Mm -hmm. 
And does your relationship match that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would this person do? You know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're cured. You're welcome. Yeah. Free therapy for you. Um. Okay. I think we have time for uno mas. Sure. Uno mas. Was there any other question that was sticking out to you or do you want me to choose something? You pick one. I picked all of them. I'm just like, answer these questions, Jeff. What do you think about this? Just write my own relationship questions in there and make you answer. P.S. Eli is very excited about coming on this show. Oh, is he? He was like, I am open to it. And if you think I'm an overshare. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We are. We've both been on reality television. That's right. Need I say more? Okay. We need to set that up. Um, All right. Last question. If you're in a relationship and have feelings for someone else, does that mean you don't love your partner? I.e., if you loved the first person, you wouldn't have opened yourself up for the second person. Oh, interesting. Okay. So let's do the first part of that question first. Hmm. If you're in a relationship and have feelings for someone else, does that mean you love your partner? Sarah, yes or no? Uh, That does not mean that you do not love your partner. (laughs) That just means that you are a human and that feelings can fluctuate. And also, again, what is love? Like, what are are we listening to? Like dopamine and and mm. like just hormones and stuff like that that are are mm-hmm. it's like more lust. Mm-hmm. And the are the things that that maybe you're going, oh, I want this person more than my own partner because like my partner, I don't know bites his nails and spits him onto the floor, flosses his teeth in bed and does all those normal human things that we all do that like we didn't find annoying in the beginning. But now after being with them for a while, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this drives me crazy. And, and you don't see the other those other things in the other person. Just remember, right. you're you're fallen, fallen maybe for one version of somebody. Yes, in the moment. Exactly. And I hate to use myself as an example. I don't hate to use myself as an example, actually. I uh, there's like there's I get these sort of like DMs of being like, oh, therapy, Jeff, I love you, or I have a crush on you, or something that kind of like slide, and that's like so flattering, and I love it. But you don't actually love me. You like just like Sarah saying, there's like some gross imperfection and flaws that I do that are that you would like not enjoy, and you're also just like seeing. This very, this one side of me where it looks like I'm just like this empathetic guy. And so there's just like, oh, I wish that maybe I was with somebody who is more understanding is what you're projecting onto me. Use that data and go back to your partner and be like, hey, I want to feel more understood, right? Like if you start crushing on somebody, there's usually a reason or there's like, oh, this version of me is coming out with this other person that I wish came out with my current partner. Fucking do it. That Like go be that version of yourself, be your authentic self with your partner. And like Sarah's saying, like you're just going to like, you're going to notice like attractive people out there. Right. Like that's totally fine. However, okay, second part of this question She's saying, so if you love the first first person, like if you truly love the first person, then you wouldn't open yourself up to fall in love with the second person. Um, okay. I would want to say, how do you know that you're in love with the second person? Yeah. And how do you know that you're in love with the first? <laughs> yeah, good, both, both good questions. Yeah. So it There's, almost feels like they would be... Th- different things about each one like uh-huh yeah it's kind of like the old tried and true versus like the new shiny toy there's that ask yourself those questions also sarah i'm gonna ask you this question yeah play it on me um can you be in love with two people at the same time hmm uh, I think that you can have feelings of love for two people at the same time, but I think that uh, the question then is is when love becomes a, like two people are involved in that role, that it mm-hmm. becomes something that takes action on your part, that mm-hmm. you can be in love with, I don't know, whoever the fuck many people you want, but what, how, who out of those people are you willing to love back? And do mm. the things for. If mm-hmm. it's like I have feelings for this person, I have feelings for this person, but um, 
I'm not willing to make the, I don't know, sacrifices I think, I think, or show yeah, up in the way. I think you see love as like action oriented. Uh-huh, totally. Right. Love is like how you behave towards a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times, like if you are acting lovingly towards somebody, then like that's the person that you're in love with. Yes. While you could have loving feelings for multiple people, but it depends. Right. So I guess, I mean, you know, like maybe if you're in a open or a poly relationship, you can be yeah. in love with multiple people because you're like action, you're like behaviorally loving yes. all those people totally. in that relationship, like Sarah is saying. Uh, but it's also, but like, so. Can you, like, allow space in your heart? (laughs) Can you, like, not judge yourself for the fact that maybe you are in love? Let's say you are in love with somebody, two people at the same time. That's okay. You get to make the choice now. Who do you want to, like, be in love with? Like Sarah is saying, right? Who do you want to show your love to? Um, Right? Uh, So it's up to you. It doesn't like, mean that you're a bad I, I person. I feel like this is like a, a, a episode of like some, I don't know, sitcom or soap opera or, or house mm-hmm. that medical drama where like <laughs> maybe somebody's having an affair and that person mm-hmm. needs them by their like bedside and ne- wants somebody there. And they're like, no, I have to be with my family. Are you crazy? Like, I can't come be mm-hmm. with you. Like. I'm choosing to love this person in that moment, even though I had feelings of love for this other person. Then, mm-hmm. but it's like a, I don't know. Yeah, it's like action. It's like who are you willing to, to, yeah, make so like, yeah. And if you find yourself falling in love with somebody else while you're in love with somebody else, are you doing like, are you being deceptive? Are you like betraying? Like, what's going on there? Just sort of like, are you feeling unethical? Because it's if it's just a feeling, then it's yeah, just a feeling. Okay. It's okay. Like you're gonna you're gonna be with somebody. You can be with somebody for a long term relationship, and still kind of like have feelings or fall in and out of love with like other people as long as you don't act on them. On whatever your agreement is, if you're like in a monogamous relationship, but you're not a bad person for like having loving feelings for somebody else while you're in a relationship, right? I really love what you said about like letting those teach you something and tell you something about Mm -hmm. what it is that that person does for you or brings out in you. And how do you include that more in your, the relationship that you're in? Mm -hmm. So again, it's that not responsible for your first thought, but Mm -hmm. second one and first action. There you go. Exactly. Love it. Uh, we love getting these questions. Keep on sending them to us. Please uh, review our wonderful, lovely podcast with obviously a five star review. Because if you're still listening now to the end of this episode, you love us. You love it. <laughs> you love it. And submit us your questions. We are eventually going to get to uh, all of them, you know, hopefully one day. And maybe uh, yours will be uh, answered in one of our upcoming listener episodes. Thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.